on this show called The Okay, well, here we are. Episode number two of the Tournament of Everything, where we figure out which thing is the best thing of all the things ever. That's right. And we do so by pulling a single goldfish out of our Olympic-sized pond. We have one goldfish for everything that exists. And on each of these goldfish, we have tattooed that thing. We're going to be fishing them out one by one and pitting those things against each other. And then eating the loser. As usual... Not correct. Uh, we we don't want to upset PETA, and I think I'm really bad at fishing, and if it is a goldfish, we all know how carnival, carnival goldfish go. We will be using Wikipedia and a random Wikipedia article generator to figure out which things we'll be pitting against which other things. And today, in round one, we have the Dugon District, which is an urban district in the city of Anqing in the Anhui Province in the People's Republic of China against Kamalu is a village in the Kupaya Rural District, in the Nobaran District, in Savay County, in the Markazi Province, in Iran. I've probably mispronounced every single one of those words, but that's what we have. We have a small place with a population of 86 versus some place with a population of 267,000. Now, I think this is a matchup that uh, all of our fans out there were anxiously awaiting. I know I have been looking forward to this since the preseason. We knew it was inevitable, and here it is in the very first round. Uh, that being said, let's go and look at the details here. Um, the Daogon District has jurisdiction over seven subdistricts, which is a lot of subdistricts, including, uh, I believe, one called Haikutan, which sounds lovely. Now, there is a note there that this cites no sources, this Wikipedia entry. So someone made this just out of their brain, put this all down there. Hmm. No external links. That's interesting. I got to give them credit for that. See, but you go to, to Kamalu and they have two references. Two people said that this place exists. Town is that really more credible? Well, here, here's the thing. You know your town is small when it lists not just your population of 86, but the specific number of families that make up that 86 people. In this case, 34. Wow. Like, you just don't get small town living like that anymore, though. No. They probably don't have DoorDash. That's probably a good thing. You don't need DoorDash. You can literally dash to every door, no matter how in shape you are. That's true. There, there are only 34 of them. <laughs> so uh, let's give another fair look over this Daogon district. I'm seeing that uh, it's pretty sweet. It, it's on the coast. Uh, you know, is that, are those, are those mountains I see? Uh, are, are, are you sure it's on the coast? I mean, it's... it's... kind of looks like it's in this picture here. It looks... Oh, it's in a district. Yeah, you're looking at just the district. And the... that'll be your dagger. I'm going to settle on Kamalu, the small village in Iran, for my vote on the winner of this round of this show, which is called... The Ultimate Who are you going to put your vote for, Rob? You know, I think I'm, I'm going to agree. I think it's got to go to Kamalu. I, you know, I think they're scrappy. I think they really fight above their weight class here, and I think it's just fun to say. 
the fighting Kamaloos. All right, congratulations, Kamaloo, for you are a champion in the very first round of the ultimate tournament. I've only got one of those, so I hope you like it. Our next competitors, as we get into round two. It's time for round two. We have Langmack Bay, which is a bay in the north of Finshofen on the northeast coast of Papua New Guinea. And we have that against MMT Observatory, an astronomical observatory on the site of Fred Lawrence Whipple Observatory. The Whipple Observatory Conference is located on, on Mount Hopkins in Arizona. Wow. These are two dark horses that uh, I don't think anybody saw, foresaw making it to this tournament, which consists of literally everything. Um, so they're just both glad to be here. Tough to pick a winner. Let's dive in. So uh, when you think of uh, World War II, do you think of Papua New Guinea? That is exclusively what I think of. When okay. I think of World War II, I think of Papua New and the fight in Guinea. I don't think that's correct. But anyway, you would be sort of correct in thinking about it because apparently this bay, Langamac Bay, saw extensive naval operations in World War II. Including a landing beach. For the Australian infantry. Oh. Go Australia. The fighting Aussies. Yeah. Down under. They'll, I mean, war. Man, what's it good for? Let's check out the observatory. Instant check against it because we do have that fancy new telescope now. And uh, I don't know if this one can hold a candle to it, but let's dive in. Are we talking about our new space camera? Yeah. The, yeah, the uh, James Webb Space Telescope? Yeah, the James Webb Space Telescope, which I don't know if you know, it took a hit from a small uh, asteroid traveling about a billion miles an hour um that number's clearly the, rounded <laughs> up or down give or take a billion but apparently they were expecting it and it is pretty much okay and that's your news segment here on this program which is known as the ultimate see i was asking myself how many times is too many for the intro and I, I don't know the answer, but I think we're close. I believe that we will find out, and I believe that we will exceed that amount. <laughs> the comment section will let us know. Indeed, please do. This observatory is beautifully placed on a hill, which I can see here in this picture. It's got mul a multiple mirror telescope, um, and it has been updated uh, as recently as 1998. Now, not only do they call that a hill, they call it a mountain. <laughs> That is Mount Hopkins. Out and west, things are bigger. You should know that. It is true. A mountain is the out west uh, of hills. Now, that, they... now, that's interesting. It is a multiple mirror telescope. Yeah. It contributed to the design of the large binocular telescope, which, as you know, achieved record-breaking Strel ratios with its AO system uh, in, I believe, 2010. So um, 
all of this is is very impressive, I must say. Now, hang on. One of the reasons for its original multi-mirror design was the difficulty in casting large mirrors. And one solution to this problem, found by Roger Angel, who cast mirrors with the honeycomb structure in the interior of a rotating oven. That's got to be the coolest pizza oven you could ever find. Oh, that's that, very cool. This made it possible to replace six mirrors with a single 6.5 not-as-free unit one. Fantastic. Uh, meters for our friends listening in literally everywhere else. That's great. I mean, we're talking about about meters and distance and, and you know the images that we can get there from. And so I looked over at some images here of Langamac Bay, New Guinea, and I got to say, lovely spot. Good pictures? Is it pretty? Well, it looks all these pictures are, are war. But oh. if you have <laughs> imagination, <laughs> I could see it being absolutely lovely um, in whatever season all of the soldiers are not there. So what do you what do you need to cast your vote here for? Are you gonna go for the bay or the ocean bay? I'm going to go with Langham Mac Bay as my choice in round two of the ultimate tournament. Who are you going with, Robert? I, I got to go with the space telescope, so that means we need a tiebreaker. Oh, and everybody knows what that means. In the case of a tiebreaker, Rob and I both pull two random fish out of this here pond, and we see how long we can keep them in our ears before they jump out. Are you ready, Rob? No, I thought we were going to pick a number between one and a thousand. That's right. That is what we agreed upon and have precedented. All right. So, Rob, what is your number? I'm going to go with 416. And I'm going to go with eight. Okay. And our number is 524. Okay, so that moves on. Yes, to the next round of the ultimate Congratulations. Go MMT. Okay, in round three, we have the Virginia Department. It's time for round three. We finally have round three music. Oh, yeah, Rob. We got that sent in by a lovely fan. Big fan of the show. Just wanted to show some appreciation. And so they sent this. Let's hear it one more time. Three. It's time for round three. I always love when listeners from the future send things back to the past. Because it's nice. Because we have no listeners now. So whoever that was from the future, the year probably 2050, we appreciate you and your contribution to the show. They sent it with a card. And it had the lottery numbers. So in 50 years... I'm going to be rich. Mike, uh, that's called a zip code, but good luck. Okay, we have the Virginia Department of Historic Resources against Max Thunder, not a person, a joint U.S.-South Korean military exercise that began in 2009. Wow. All right. So two big heavy hitters, both southpaws, I believe. And um, let's let's go ahead and dive right in here. Max Thunder, you say? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Max Power from The Simpsons, but apparently, like I said, not a person and also not fictional. This is a real thing. 
Now, a live fire exercise seems a little bit dangerous, don't you think? Uh, perhaps. Uh, well, that's why it's, you know, they practice really well. Uh, apparently upset North Korea. And you, you know what I say, if you can upset North Korea, that's a good day. You do say that. Yeah. I say that with lots of things. My wife thinks it's kind of weird. Honey, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. Chicken. I think that'll upset North Korea. I try to, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of stay neutral on the whole thing. I'm going to see how it plays out. <laughs> well. Good, good luck. Uh, one one has freedom in the internet, and the other has a short dictator with a funny face. Speaking of freedom in imaginary places, let's talk about Virginia. No, Virginia's so, real. Virginia's real. West Virginia's fake. We all know this. Ah, that's right. Almost like heaven. Virginia Department of Historic Resources. Now, uh, Preservation Office for the Commonwealth, not actually a state, little-known fact, of Virginia see here i gotta say off the bat just as it's striking me i don't know if it this uh, if it's got the legs well in its favor it the agency the virginia department of historic resources does maintain the virginia landmarks register so without it we wouldn't know what the landmarks in virginia are the land would be entirely unmarked mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and unremarkable therefore mm -hmm. They approve official highway historical markers for the state. Any of those brown signs? That's them. You know, they've got a, uh, a pretty interesting um, emblem here that I'm seeing. And uh, I don't know if it's related to them or not. It says Virginia Department of Historic Resources. And it seems to be a, a, a boy in a purple or a blue toga standing on top of a man with the purple toga. And it says Virginia. Six Semper Tyrannis. So, you know, there's that. That uh, seems very, very much on theme, I think, for this round, uh, especially with North and South Korea, as the, well, the military operation, Max Thunder, involving them, sort of, uh, being included. This is a tough one. Now, I don't think it is. I think Max Thunder has my vote in the I totally agree. I was just pulling your chain. It's clearly Max Thunder. Moving on. Okay, Mike, do we have any fantastic round four music? Because I think last time we just played the music from round two twice, and I'm wondering if that trend will continue. Did you enjoy that trend? I mean, it was a trend. Uh, the question is, did we have music? Well, Rob, this time, as a matter of fact, we do have music from another fantastic, futuristic fan. <laughs> I gotta say the round four music scares me. I I'm afraid I'm afraid of round four and I almost had to turn the volume down on round four. Wow. Uh my friend. Yeah, and the congratulations consent was much less uh you know fortuitous. <laughs> It, it sounds like the future, whoever sent in round four is from, is a post-apocalyptic hellscape. Um, 
or a Texas Chainsaw movie. I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, round four. We have Molly Caldwell Crosby, journalist and author of three literary nonfiction books against Quail Creek, Texas. Quail Creek, Texas. You know, I think we might be able to bring in a uh, Texas expert to tell us a little bit about Quail Creek, Texas. Uh, one second. Yeah, pause. Yeah, pause. I, did, I didn't know we were bringing in guests for the totally random unscripted part of the show, but when you have a Texas expert living in your home, you have to bring them in. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Mike actually knows someone from texas probably more than one person actually but this person would be the person he is closest to to be able to ask this question oh here she comes an opinion on quail creek texas are you ready i have no opinion that's that's the whole point we never do are you ready (laughs) game in all right we have brought in our texas expert a born and raised resident of texas itself and we're going to find out a little bit about them from Quail Creek, about Quail Creek. So looking I'm at not, this. I'm not in Quail Creek. No, you could be. You could pretend. Uh, this is so, all we know. So we're going to find out about Quail Creek from Quail Creek. <laughs> On the Wikipedia page. This is, this is all I, we know. This is the extent of our expertise. Quail Creek is humid. And there's a lot of white people. Okay. Uh, not a lot. Only sixteen hundred people in the town. Okay. Well, <laughs> as a whole, more more white than not. I'd say. Sure, some trees. I think some that's water. probably two marks against. You think I'm wrong? No, I think you're right, but I don't think that bodes well for Quail Creek, Texas. No, I wouldn't. I don't think Quail Creek is a place I want to be. Well, hang okay. On. So Did you show her who Quail Creek is up against? Quail Creek is up against. It's not a cool name. So that's one, four, two against, and it's going up against Molly Caldwell Crosby. Yeah, but she's from Dallas, Texas, which is worse than Quail Creek any day, I guarantee you. Knowing nothing about Quail Creek, I will tell you that Dallas, Texas is worse. Oh, it just got interesting. It must be worse. And you know what? That's good enough for me. I'm going to go with our Texas expert and go with Quail Creek. Quail Creek, Texas. As my choice for... Rob, what do you think? Uh, it was it was a tough one. I gotta say, it was it was a little interesting. Molly Caldwell Crosby does seem to have a lot of really cool things. She worked for National Geographic for a while, which is pretty cool. While she's from Dallas, Texas, she does live in Memphis, which is a much cooler place to be, not temperature wise. But just location. Uh, oh, but Quail Creek, it's such a fun, it's one of those towns I'd want to drive through and stop in. Just I bet to see. You they have a Dairy Queen. I, I have chicken fried steak and eggs. Oh, I love that. Molly doesn't have chicken fried steak and eggs. You, you don't know that, but probably. What, was, what were her books about, though? What did she write about? Non-fiction. One called The American Plague. One called the sleep, and one called the Great Pearl Heist. The American Plague. I gotta figure out what that's about. The we untold story of yellow fever. Okay. Well, Barnes and Noble 
The age of books is dead, though. Internet and TikTok are, are reigning. And uh, throughout all of this, Quail Creek stands humid. I'm going to double down on my vote for Quail Creek. You know what? I, uh, I, w- I will go with you. I think we can move Quail Creek on to the next round. Quail Creek, you are this round's winner. And the ultimate Do you think that's the greatest uh, accolade that, that town's ever received? We should send them, actually, we should send any of these things that we have addresses to a certificate saying that you've won this round of. You've uh, survived the first round of. Right. Well, we could, we could list them in their competition and congratulate them for moving on. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Two random people decided you were, for no reason, better than somebody else. Yeah. And somebody has to do it. I think and it's a. Like, I think it's a good. Isn't that what? Isn't that just like what having kids is? Your parents have decided that you're the best one, right? Well, your genetics decided that you were the best one. Well, I guess if we bring it all the way back, yes. Your parents decided that. You know, Moving on. Uh, in round five, do we have round five music? And is it scary? Round five music sent in by super fan unnamed. Round five. Round five. I like round five. Round five is fun. Round five reminds me a lot of Street Fighter. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what I was going for. I thought you'd like it. Let's hear it one more time, Robbie. Round five. I like it. Okay, round five. We have Charles Kenneth Leith, who is an American geologist, against FC Maliki, Slovak Association Football Club, located in Maliki. Oh, man. This is where it gets real here. This, this right now is what this competition is all about, Rob. One man versus a team of other men who play football. Yeah. What is life like that? So let's di- dig in here to Chuck. Chuck Kenneth Lee, uh, 1875 to 1956. Uh, you know, um, as you said, a geologist. I think that rocks. Uh, he was born. Hey, hang in on, Wisconsin. hang on, hang on. Can you can you tell that joke again? Yeah, he's a geologist, and I think that rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Rob coming through with sound effects. Uh, he's from uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Trem- Trempilo Village. Trempilo? Trempilo. Wisconsinites, I'm sure you'll tell me. Hired as a stenographer and so taken by the work that he completed a bachelor's degree in geology. That's pretty fun. He's got a PhD. That's nice. But is he too smart? Uh, he was hired as the head of the geology department at the age of 28. So he's pretty much too smart. Let's go to the other side of the coin and check out the F's, the football club in Malak. Okay, it's nine years old, the football club, and plays in a stadium that seats 2,500, but it looks like 2,000 of those are standing room only. Wow. So that's a routed spot. If you okay, uh, click on the club website, uh, it looks like their website is down and in a different language. 
I am really liking their logo, though. It is, um, it appears to be a warthog uh, kicking a big old soccer ball uh, over a castle wall. That is pretty fun. I that think is that's a pretty three good points logo. in a game of soccer. Yeah, that's that's probably how soccer works. Just like American football, only the ball is round, the points don't seem to matter, and the clock doesn't stop. And the pigs keep people off the field. <laughs> as opposed to being the ball on the field. So, uh, I don't know. The football club seems like a lot of fun. Uh, would love to go to a game. Would be less likely to go hang out with Charles Kenneth Leith. But he seems like a smart guy. I think that's why, in the end, I'm tending to give my vote to the football club from Malaki. The ultimate tournament of everything. This is a close one for me. I, I think uh, geology is kind of fun. He's He seems to be a very important person in the state I happen to live in at the moment, so there's a little bit of uh, hometown spirit going on there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. everybody loves an underdog story, so I, I think I'm going to go with you, F.C. Malaki, for the win on this one. In the ultimate tournament of everything. The ultimate tournament of everything. The ultimate tournament of everything. I'm glad we stopped at three. Three seemed like enough, right? Three seemed like I plenty. I it to be ultimate. Ultimate. It seems pretty ultimate. Penultimate. Penultimate. That's like five ultimates. Isn't that how that works? I think that's EpiPenultimate. Oh, no. That's EpiPenultimate is a uh, copyrighted medicine that they're going to jack the price up on when your kid needs it. <laughs> Social commentary. Where's that? Where's the, where's your sound effect for that one? Ooh, right here. No, no, you gotta say it again. Oh, uh, it was <laughs> it was a terrible joke. Let's pretend I said it again. There we go. In round six, do we have round six music? We don't, but we have round two music three times. It's time for round. It's time for round. It's time for round two. There we go. We have the 2016-17 Delaware State Hornets men's basketball team against Florence Atkins. Florence Eleanor Atkins, born March 26, 1906, passed away October 18, 2012, was a New Zealand artist. And the Delaware State Hornets men's basketball team of 2016-2017, Hornets led by third-year coach Keith Walker, Looks like they finished the season 10 and 22. So that answers my question. I was going to ask it. I was going to ask if they made it to the tournament, but uh, I'm guessing with that record, they just missed out. Yeah, they were probably just so close. If only they won 20 more games. Yeah, now it does look like that was an improvement for them because the previous season they finished 7 and 25. And they so they're tied for 12. All right. That's a good start. Uh, not really. Uh, who was their coach? Keith Walker, third season. Pick it up, bud. Let's check out Florence Atkins. Born in Christchurch. Do- born in 1906 and died at the age of 106. Rob, do you think that that is suspicious at all? 
Oh, I don't think there's anything suspicious about living to 106. Neither do I. She studied visual arts at the Canterbury College School of Art. Very good. Regarded for her metalwork and textiles. Can you think of two fields more different than metal and textiles? I mean, probably. Like uh, zoology and um, would be another one. Mm, zoology and like uh, exotic jerky. That's probably a weird combination. Don't you think that zoology would lend itself very nicely to being an expert in exotic jerky? Only if you're a crazy person. I know that there is a gorilla deep in the jungles that tastes really good. That's a problem because they're actually hunting gorillas for that. It's called bushmeat, and it's terrible. Don't do it. Don't eat the bushmeat. That's how we got corona. It's probably true. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so she was asked in 1946 to incorporate weaving into the curriculum at Canterbury College School of Art. And after retirement, she continued to grade student papers until 1980. Oh, man. That's impressive. So she would have been 74, just grading papers. Can you imagine you're in retirement and some dumb undergrad doesn't know how to use a comma correctly, and you're just like, oh, these people... You know, as crappy as that sounds, I think it still sounds better than being in Delaware, which is why I am choosing Florence Atkins as my selection for this round of... The ultimate you know what? I agree, and I don't even think it's particularly close. I think she wipes the floor with the 10-22 and 22 Delaware State Hornets men's basketball team of 2016. Suck it, Delaware State Hornets men's basketball team of 2016 to 17. You lose, and Florence Atkins wins in this round of the ultimate Can you imagine if the first piece of hate mail we get, and we are getting hate mail, uh, happens to be from a member of that basketball team? I would welcome it. Um, being, what I would do is hide inside of a basketball net and feel real safe. <laughs> they will never hit you. <laughs> round seven. And you know what? Just because I liked it so much, can we play round five music again and we'll just pretend it's round seven? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Hit it. Round five. Round five. I love it. We have Jago Nunatacks. Jago Nunatacks are a cluster of closely spaced nun attacks. I was hoping that I was going to get past that word, but they just use it again. Closely spaced nun attacks rising uh, 2,300 not as free units or 7,500 7, freedom feet centered three miles east of the south end of the Neil Massif in the Concord Mountains of Antarctica. Okay, so it's maybe a... Hmm, that's interesting. It's like a now, spire type thing, maybe? No, no a nun attack as... I'm sure everybody but you know, uh, Rob, is the summit or ridge of a mountain that protrudes from an ice field or, 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 or a glacier that otherwise covers most of the mountain or ridge. You know what? I should have used the hyperlink. You are correct. This, l- this little blue line is telling me exactly what you just told me. I am not so a smart find man. Out who Jago Nunatax is going to be facing in this round. It will be zobdo.org the first online asymese dictionary to become available 
on March 10th, 2006. Contains 37,000 words of the Asamese language. And there's a wiki. So what? I have no idea what this language is. That's so interesting. It is, let's see. Indo-Aryan language spoken mostly in the Northeast Indian state of Assam, where it's an official language. That's kind of so, cool. So this was the first time that people that spoke this language, you know, had an online dictionary in 2006. You know, it's kind of fun that people are still making dictionaries and still putting things out there. That's that's neat. And now they get to maintain their language, keep that for the Internet Archive. That's pretty cool. And just think one day two guys can bastardize their work and do a podcast where they compare all the things and arbitrarily rank them. Not us, though. We would pronounce everything correctly and perfectly. And I only speak English because I'm an idiot. So I think that's pretty cool. We got two tight competitors here. Those nun attacks look pretty cool, though. They do. That's kind of neat, just sticking out there in Antarctica like that, where we get all those penguins and all that ice. Oh, man. Is Antarctica still cold? Well, it's less cold because it's insulated with uh, all of that blood and poop that you get from... uh, penguins i've heard that if you go and visit where penguins live it is just like i don't know i've never been but what i've heard is that it's just a, a war zone and I, war areas have not fared well in the initial rounds of this uh, no no and i i also i kind of doubt that's why it's getting warmer there might be some larger maybe global problem contributing maybe not just the penguin colony but that's okay yeah, we'll bring that like, up probably in another round Probably. <laughs> oh, I. You know what? I. I think I gotta give it to Zobdo.org. Then when attacks are nice. So, are you settled? You're I gonna go with Zobo. I'm gonna go with Zobdo. Oh, as your vote for this round of the ultimate Where are you gonna cast your vote? Well. I do think that Zobdo is very cool. Must have taken him a long time. I think that the nun attacks are very cool because they're in Antarctica. They're getting less cool. The Earth is warm. The Earth is warming. We're all doomed. We mentioned it, but uh, but I gotta go with you as well. Uh, I'm gonna concur, getting a lot of agreement. But Zobdo.org, you are this round's champion. Okay, moving on into our next round, round eight. We have. Wait, wait, wait. Do we get to play the round four one twice this time? Uh, is the round four one that scared me? It doesn't get better. It just it gets worse the more I hear it. Okay. Had fun making it. I I I bet that's that's I terrifying. Mean, a fan had fun making it. I had fun receiving it from this fan who, uh, according to Laura, had a creepy note. It's not the fan is not you. Just like um, uh, uh who's that guy? Who Donald Trump pretend to be? He would just call places and name himself John Barron, and people were like oh, you sound nothing like Donald Trump. People back then must have been idiots. Donald Trump sounds only like Donald Trump. I would do an impression, but 
I don't think that's what this competition is about. I, this competition is the ultimate Okay, we have Moon Fate, which is the 16th book in a series of books called Deathlands, written by Lawrence James, against Fill in Cafe, which is a video game developer founded in Japan in 1987. Best known for creating the Asuka 120% series. Which is a fighting game. Okay. There we go. All right. uh, set in a school where members of school clubs fight each other in a fighting tournament. Okay. 1987, though, you say? 1987. You know it wasn't that good of a game. I mean, games today are crazy. Just awesome. You know, Have you ever tried the Dreamcast? It's amazing. They had a Sega Saturn. They had a game on the Sega Saturn. Yeah. Make the Dreamcast. Okay. Uh, do you want to start with Moon Fate, or do you want to start with Phil and Cafe? Oh, don't get me started on Phil and Cafe, Rob. Moon Fate but it is. I will tell you one thing about Phil and Cafe is that, um, you know, they had a bankruptcy, and uh, this... Wiki page isn't telling me a lot more than that. Um, they also had some planned titles that were canceled, such as a sequel to uh, the much anticipated sequel to Panzer Bandit, which I think would have been probably a better band name mm. than Exo Electrogen. <laughs> Call back to the OG listeners since the first episode. Hey, hey. <laughs> you guys have been with us since yesterday. So Moon Fate, uh, I'm looking at the, the cover and it looks phenomenal. Is that is that like a a man with a boot stepping on like a space iguana? Is that what that is? I believe that he is stepping beside the space iguana and its tail is, dare I say, lovingly embracing the top of his boot. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Hmm. Okay, so there is a synopsis here, and for for those of you that want to go read it, you can. It's pretty long, and I won't read the whole thing now. Uh, Needless to say, it looks like it's in space, and it looks like there's some some like space maybe time jumping. Uh, It we have a cliffhanger. Uh, When the jump completes, Ryan opens his eye. His eye. Okay, that that could be either foreshadowing or who knows, uh, and finds something very wrong. Dot 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 dot. Four dots. Now, this article, apparently, according to Wikipedia, has multiple issues. The plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed. Concur. Uh, The topic of the article may not meet Wikipedia's notability guideline for books, so it actually might not be worth writing in Wikipedia. Wikipedia, that is harsh. And it cites no sources, which is unusual because it's citing a book you could easily cite. You would think that I would be like one of those... See, when they'd say, like, show your work on homework and things like that, I'd always be like, come on, man. Do I gotta? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do, do I have to mention how I know water is wet? Okay, let me find a source. I guess I will. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you click on the link at the bottom for Moonfade, it brings you to the website of James Axler, who I'm assuming is the author, and it gives a much smaller synopsis, which is really what the Wikipedia page should be. How much are they charging for this book? If Ooh. I want to buy this book, eight dollars. I mean, oh no, that's the rating, not the price. Uh, five Ooh. bucks, four ninety nine. 
released in 1992. Is is higher than your asking price. I mean, that's a good deal right there, right? Yeah, you can also get it on audio cassette and graphic audio MP3 CD for $20. And it looks like the end of the uh, back cover synopsis is in the Deathlands. The only thing that gets easier is dying. So that's kind of fun. I was waiting for the rim shot there. Ooh, here we go. There it is. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. Uh, this was this is going to be tighter than I thought. Um, fill in cafe. Wait a second. No, it's not. I've been talking smack about you guys the whole time. Definitely got to hand my vote over to Moonfade here in this round. Okay, going off our tradition of one other episode, I think round nine is going to be our final round. Wait, 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 wait. We have final round music? Who are you voting for? Oh, 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 I agree with you. I've moved Moonfate already on to the next round. It went without saying. All right, Moonfate officially. Congratulations on moving around to the next round. And the ultimate Final round, pitting. Jerry Lively against Rama Ben Ali. Okay, Jerry Lively is a cinematographer and film director known for directing Darkness Falls and Dungeons and Dragons Wrath of the Dragon God against Rama Ben Ali, who is a Tunisian Taekwondo athlete. We have an actual guy who can fight against a guy who probably can't fight. This is going to be a bloodbath. But just think about how many times that that Dungeons and Dragons guy has pretended to fight. He's mentally prepared. He is definitely ready, uh, but probably his body armor isn't actually going to give him any benefits. Yeah, but I'm looking here at Rama Ben Ali, and their body armor is just kind of that patty stuff. And Dungeons and Dragons people do tend to use, you know, like weapons and stuff like that. They might have a, a decorative sword on their wall, something like that. Um, you know, I don't know that uh, the armor is really going to decide this one. Let's dig a little deeper. No, hang on. I got I got to go back and apologize to Rama Ben Ali for a moment. She is Rama Ben Ali, not he. So I apologize, Rama Ben Ali. Uh, and I'm not apologizing just because you could beat me up, but you totally could. I'm apologizing because you are a woman and I've referred to you as a man. My bad. She competed in the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio. See, that's awesome. Did she win, by the way? Oh, it's not mentioned, so probably not. Well, maybe she was just being humble about it. Uh, yeah, she might, have just, she might have just left it off her Wikipedia page. Could have. No, well, according, according to this, uh, the defending champion, Jade Jones, successfully defended her title. And Ava Calvo finished second with a silver medal. And Hidea Malik and Kimia Elizada tied for third. So, no, she did not make the podium. Well, you know, that's what the judges said, okay? But I don't know for sure. If you watch the tape, um, you'd have to because I haven't seen it. But that, you know, I'm... It, it's up for debate still. That's a highly contentious competition that took place. I'm looking at the bracket, and Rama Ben Ali faced off in the first round against Mayu Hamada. 
and Mayu Hamada won nine to zero. All right. Well, you know what? Can't have losers winning in the game. Uh, that means that this. <laughs> oh, hang on. We 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 got to talk about Gary Lively here because we got to talk about the wonderful piece of cinema that is Darkness Falls. The reason so many people reload flashlights like they're reloading rifles. It is that movie. Do you remember this movie? I don't. I don't remember anything. Don't okay, so in this movie, uh, a kid when he's younger uh, has maybe his whole family killed by some like darkness witch creature, and he spends the rest of his life never being in darkness because the second he is in complete darkness, he will be eaten by this thing. And so he carries flashlights with him everywhere. I think I do remember that. I don't know how you forget it. Maybe I chose to forget it. I mean, it was... it. Okay, hang on. We got to see... <laughs> oh, he also uh, directed The Guardian with Ashton Kutcher. Why is that not listed? You got to put that up there higher, Wikipedia. Come on. That's 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 a movie. Okay. Darkness Falls. We'll see the critical, crit- critical reception of this. It had to be good, right? Yeah, but... Wasn't that Dungeons & Dragons movie, like, bad? Ooh, uh, yeah. I think it. I think it definitely was terrible. If I'm uh, correct on that one. And how do you mess up a Dungeons and Dragons? Really? Also, I think I might now be picking the wrong Darkness Falls movie. I think I might be picking the wrong person in this round. I'm going to change my vote. Rama Ben Ali, I'm laying it down right now. You're my choice for this round. I got to go with you. It's a different Darkness Falls movie, apparently, from what I can tell. It doesn't look like the same one. So, yeah, I I agree. You know what? You might have been a loser at the Olympics, but you are a winner in our hearts. So, congratulations. Okay, well, we made it through uh, round two, not even technically round two, uh, still round one, part two of what could be uh, an infinite number of rounds, random information, and things you'd probably never want to know. Mike, do you got a teaser for next week, next time, whenever the next one is? Yep, uh, I've already gotten... Word from the post office that the P.O. box is loaded up with hot clips and quips for the next episode that might sound something like this. That always scares me. Okay, well, see you later, everybody. I'm Rob. No, I'm Rob.